You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pokes, it is great to be here. It is so good to be here. I do have a quick edit before we start recording, though, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Sure. So I know I, 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 I got your expectations really high about the guests I had. I originally, I had James Franco. I had tweeted at him. He blocked me, but I think I was making some progress in DMs. Um, that fell through. Then because I got, he realized you weren't a 16-year-old girl? That's correct. Uh, then I got um, I got THC, my man Thomas Hayden Church. Oh, my God. Um, you got Lowell from Wings? I got Lowell from Wings. Uh, really then myself? But then Wings on Broadway started up. Oh, and, okay. I didn't uh, understand I mean, that. he's just, yeah. So he, he fell through. Um, and so, uh, I just, I just, I just went back to an old favorite. So I got, I've got a, I've got my friend, uh, well, friend of the podcast and a podcast all-star, if I were to actually yes, phrase it. That's you know, right. You know. He got the butler. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so, I'm kidding. That man has since passed away. My man. R.I.P. My Spider-Man, Chris Doom. That's right. Hello. L- listen, <laughs> bring in that excitement. If, if, <laughs> Well, it is Spider-Man 3. Yes. We can only be so excited. I mean, or we have to conserve also, it. We watched it like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. At this point, uh, there was some issues. We couldn't record the one night we wanted to. There was a... I got sick. Yeah, I was uh, actually like not feeling well. And uh, the night we were going to record, they weren't going to be able to record till super late. And I was like, I'm going to bed like early. I can't stay up till like midnight. And, and, and it was have... foolish because Doom and I stayed up and played some fucking video games. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I watched some YouTube. <laughs> I some Wendy's later. <laughs> I tried to play video games till eleven, and I fell asleep at my computer for a minute. And somebody yelled in Discord, and it woke me back up. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't notice. <laughs> uh, so then we went to record again, and Ben was sick. Although everyone on our Facebook page, when I posted, it, assumed it was me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a bit of a conspiracy yeah people were people were like oh we hope you feel better post it's like no 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 i was healthy i'm i'm vigorous vigor vig- the real yeah. the, the real reason is pokes is i had to sit down and i had to to retool and redraft my essay why spider-man 3 isn't the best spider-man movie ever i'm sorry i couldn't get through it what are you oh, talking but... about man top to bottom it's the best <laughs> but i want number to of villains because... the max number possible yes three <laughs> Number of simultaneous love interests. Yeah. Uh, one, old news. Let's go with two. Okay. Yeah, okay. Number of failed Broadway and careers, kind of which you're focused too, so. on very, way too much. One, yeah. that's good. How about um, how about your villain has like five arcs? Yeah. How about they have yeah. like, a, a, like, a, like a Spanish soap opera plot line where they go amnesia midway through and then come back? Here's one. How about we introduce one of the villains... In the last forty-eight minutes of the movie, just really sneak him in right at the, right before the credits roll. Oh God, I just. <laughs> so I wanted to create a framework for this before we start talking. One, I have not seen this movie until I saw it last week for this episode. Wait, you never saw Spider-Man Three? I skipped it because of the reviews that came out right away. I decided I. Holy I mean, smokes! I, I saw this movie opening weekend. No, and I know you did as yeah. well. If I, I think you saw it multiple times in theaters, Chris. Uh, no, I only saw it once okay. in theaters, but I think I, I'm pretty sure I've told the story over yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> I went to a midnight screening, and I brought a friend of mine with me. Um, just You guys know I love Spider-Man so goddamn much. Yeah, you're like, a Spider-Man, yeah. do this. My friend wanted to go with me. After we got out of the movie, I just turned to her, and I just like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry okay. you came 
with me to watch that. So I have to ask a question with you before we get started. Well, as we get started, Chris, which is that we all saw Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And we all experienced what it's like to grow disillusioned eventually. Mm-hmm. Some of us, it took after the movie. Some of us, it took midway through the second movie, in my case. And some people felt disappointed with the movie, maybe at, like an, at an instantaneous scene. Was there a moment, a tipping point in the movie? Or was it just a slow burn until the end and the credits rolled where you're just like, woof. I know it's not. Yeah. This, this isn't like the hot mess or anything. It's pretty rough. But I, I think it was the first time where he like did the emo hair swoop, <laughs> like which is like kind of early in the movie. Yeah, it's about midway, maybe like closer to yeah, closer to the start. It's closer to the start than it is the end. But yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's like right after like he first gets the black costume and then he just like oh my god pulls his hair down in front of his face a little bit. Yeah. So just well, out of I curiosity, think... though, when you would turn and apologize to your friend, was she like, like she accepted it, like you owed it to her? Or was she was like, oh, it wasn't that bad? No, she was like, thank God, I thought I was going to have to lie to you about enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, is that, yeah, you might be in a scenario where the other person... Yeah, I forget, like... yeah, knowing that you were probably like in a full Spider-Man outfit, your face painted, ready to go. Yeah. Wow, this... Yeah, you know, I mean... That's he's he's my guy. He's my he's my my number one superhero. And uh, I I think my friend just really thought he's like, man, I'm gonna have to suck this up and just lie my head off about how great this movie is. <laughs> Which I'm gonna be real honest would have been super hard because <laughs> it mm. is it's a rough film. I especially considering we talk about how good um, the Spider-Man trilogy is. You know, we we like Spider-Man two. We t- we yeah. use Spider-Man 1 as sort of the yardstick that we measure all these other films by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird because these earlier Spider-Man movies look kind of... I don't the word for it. They look different in hindsight now with like where Marvel is now with their movies. And we've really fine-tuned how, to, how superhero movies um, work. So it's, these feel kind of antiquated. But, but I, think that's a, I, think that's, I think that's a bad opinion. I think they are, especially the first one and the second one, are still really strong like they're very mm. sturdy movies um they don't nail like the comedy of spider-man as much as some like the more recent ones do where he's where i know like the other ones feel like comedies but i mean like just like the, the character of peter parker slash spider-man you know should be funny yeah at least when he's in the suit but uh the Tony mcguire ones boy the comedy is all coming from like coming from the director trying to be funny not the actual character giving funny lines right. yeah which is which is the weirdest which is why the emo scene is like him obviously it, it couldn't have been serious like it couldn't have been a hundred it's clear we all know the backstory about him yeah. like not wanting to do this and all that stuff but in the moment he certainly wrote those scenes just to be cheesy mm-hmm. um but that's not <laughs> that's that's very not spider-man it's him who's supposed to be full of comedy yeah and i mean that's kind of like actually kind of describes my the evolution of like how I've you know come to feel about this movie is like I saw it in theaters, hated it, <laughs> was so disappointed, so angry, and then like months passed and it came out on like DVD and I was just like in a store I'm like yeah it's on sale, maybe it's not as bad as I thought I'm like it it could be fun like the, maybe if I just like don't take it seriously and I just enjoy the camp and I I did and I've been able to appreciate it more I still cringe. Right. At certain things. I think knowing you, Chris and I have known each other for a long time. Knowing you, that's kind of actually a, a relatively big statement because I know on the scale of um, accepting of 
accepting and and open-minded to to movies and to taking them at their at uh, on the nose for what they are uh versus being uh, uh hypercritical we'll call it the uh the pogue scale. Oh, uh, i felt like there on, was a burn to, definitely coming <laughs> to being on the pogue scale i would say that you're, you're much you're much on the lighter scale a little bit probably even past where i am where you're you, not that your um uh your criteria is low or anything but just mm-hmm. that you take movies for what they are you don't come in with a lot of prejudice you come in with a lot of like interest in like what they're attempting to do um and and so i you know we'll we'll leave a movie together with a bunch of friends and some friends will go oh i hated this or that and you're like oh but i think they built this whole thing very well um and so to to say that you just came out of spider-man 3 and hated yeah it, it's kind of a i just wanted to i wanted to put that in the proper context right yes you know absolutely like i'm generally not that invested in a lot of things so i can just like be like well, you know, I like that one scene that they did. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's not that big of a deal for you. So to come yeah. out and have a genuine, like, negative opinion. It's Is there any part of this movie you enjoy? <laughs> well, I think you said that it's funner in rewatches. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, it's I definitely actually... fun to watch with people. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had a good time watching it. I mean, I, um, I think though, I remember kind of thinking this in the theater because when I left, I felt the same way Chris did. I was like, wow, that was. I remember riding home with my friend and just being like, that was like terrible it was really upsetting how bad it was like what do you think happened do you think something's wrong with sam raimi do you think like he suffered (laughs) a head injury yeah like i'm like really concerned um but like i remember being in the theater and like they do this credit thing where they're showing like clips from the previous movies i'm like all right all right and then spider-man 3 starts with like a five minute scene of mary jane's broadway career and i was just like oh this this isn't a good sign. Like this far into it, like the third movie in a trilogy, you should really start it with Spider-Man doing something to Spider-Man. You know, like he just busts yeah. up a, a like a robbery, a bank robbery or something. Don't start with like this weird subplot that is so tacked on and and kind of like confusing why it's in the movie at all. Like because it never goes away. It's just like oh, Mary Jane's a shitty actress. Cool, cool, cool. That's thanks for thanks for spending so much of this movie letting me know. It's very weird. And then, like you said, uh, they introduced the extra love interest of bringing in uh, Gwen Stacy. But instead of Gwen Stacy being, like, the brainiac Gwen Stacy from high school, she's at one point doing, like, a super sexy copy machine photo shoot, which still very confusing. I don't know. I mean, I work in a, for a printing company. We don't get magazines of women, like, <laughs> leaning over copiers, like, suggestively. It's weird too because I know Mary Jane early on is maybe a little bit like uh, unsure of herself, but the the Mary Jane character is is identified solidly by being very confident, very like uh 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 uh, uh um not 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 trying to find the right word that sells it doesn't sound like full of herself, but really like really yeah, like yeah she's uh, just uh, sure of herself sure of herself yeah that's probably the, the, the and 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 this Mary Jane is. Like you couldn't write her more demure and worried and nervous and anxious and and upset all the time, which is just an unpleasant character to be on screen most of the time. It's, it's just sort of like is mad weird. about something all and, the time. And then it's like also like awkward because they try to build up like these problems with like her and Peter, but I mean he's oblivious. But she also like fails to mention important life changing things. Like <laughs> I got fired from my Broadway show, and then is like when he reacts kind of dumbly to her, thinking like she got a negative review because he doesn't know she was fired. She's mad at him for acting like that. It's like, he doesn't know you lost your job. Like, he's just being like, eh, it's a bad review. Who cares? 
And the relationship is very odd because we're supposed to think that there is at least something there that is being like a, a flame that is being slowly, you know, you know, snuffed out of their relationship. But from minute one, they seem like a disaster. Yes, yeah, they never like really, really had great chemistry. No. Like they have like infatuation. Yeah, but like definitely not like real building blocks of a relationship well, no scenes of them like having a cute moment at home together or something and, and peter parker seems in this movie to be like like again like something's wrong with him like he seems to be completely unaware of everything happening around him it's weird yeah. like she's like i'm really upset and he's like i know it's like when i'm spider-man it's like what what the fuck is you're and it's like so against his character even before he gets the black suit that it's just yeah. like i he's kind of a prick to start with like and when he quit, when he kisses Gwen Stacy on stage. I was like, I saw that. I was like, fuck, that's a that's a big fuck up. And then like they go to dinner later, and she's like, boy, that wasn't great. <laughs> I was like, wait, you're not more mad? And he's yeah, like, I don't understand what's wrong. And he's I like, just, I don't understand. So I kissed bizarre. another woman. What's wrong with that? It's like um, most <laughs> it's so people. Alien. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like I feel like I you picture, would know. When I picture. Um, Peter Parker and Mary Jane. I picture like the scene that always comes to mind was probably replayed out in like a million comics. Is them just like in bed being cute about something, and then Peter being like, "Oh well, there's an explosion. I gotta go." And then she her being like, "Well, you know, come back soon. Be safe or whatever." And 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 I'll see you later. And then like you know she he's off. Uh, but there's always like a cute moment. There's always like something. I'm sure they've had their ups and downs throughout the comics. But this, I just picture them I don't know, being in love to some degree. There is like you put it. There's no yeah. chemistry. There's nothing there. And well, also, it's, it's oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's it's like in the Scott Pilgrim movie where like in the movie, like in the comics, they have like there's like a lot of cute scenes between them. Yeah. But in the movie. There's no reason for you to ever think that those two should be together. Yeah. Everything's awful between them. It's yeah. all conflict. Yeah. If you listen to our podcast, we talk about how in the movie. He should really exactly. go with knives. That's like, exactly it. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is the opposite of the comics. But what I was going to say is, like, it's also weird is she left a man she was going to marry in Spider-Man 2 to be with Peter. They're in love. Right. They, You know, they keep saying they love each other, all this stuff. She's on Broadway. Why don't they live together? It is odd. I mean, they both seem to be financially struggling. So it's Yeah, like, like, a, a, yeah, like combining your stuff and moving into her much yeah. nicer apartment seems like it would be... Wait, it just seems so confusing to me. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to believe but, that like this is a good relationship. They see each other what appears to be like once a week. Here's the thing: there are a lot of characters in this movie. So, so many characters. We kind of got to run them down here because we. I don't even know if we could do a scene by scene. I think it would be irresponsible because of how fucking dense this movie is. We we're just talking about before I came on, where whole characters have like like four seasons worth of telenovela plots mm-hmm. baked into their their individual storylines it's it's a this, lot and like, this should and tell you that... like what's wrong with the movie i have this note written down it is one full hour into a movie before he even puts on the black suit so there is an hour's worth of other stories going on when the plot of the movie is him wearing the black suit and becoming evil then having yeah. to fight venom that movie doesn't start until an hour in. So it's like, there's an hour of plot that is completely worthless. There's this Harry scene, which wraps up very quickly. Uh, and it's just... Yeah, I it's, hate that fucking costume. One, yeah, his that, tactical his, turtleneck. He looks like yeah. he's fucking like an archer joke. It's insane. Are we talking about Green Goblin costume? Yes, Green yeah, Goblin 2. Like, his, yeah. like, 
extreme Mountain Dew snowboard, like yes. paintball mask. The paintball like, mask is you fucking nailed it out of the park. We were yeah. watching. He's like he's wearing a paintball mask. I'm like, oh my fucking god, he is. Like it's, he looks like he just rolled up uh, from his paintball game at the gas station where he works, and he's about to pound a fucking nitro energy drink. I mean, it's it's just all black, bright neon, like monster energy drink colors. Like you said, snowboard, paintball mask, a, yeah. a weird turtleneck. And everything kind of glows. It's very because the original Green Goblin, and even some of the later variations, is all very like almost fantasy like with like the cap. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. He looks like he looks like the thing you would think of a goblin. He's wearing like, like a, a Halloween purple character. Too. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is like he's like he's like Goblin X. You know, he's like and the space not, goblin from the future. Yeah, it's not even <laughs> like he's wearing like the the overdone. I gotta look it up just to remind myself of what it looked like the goblin suit from the first movie it's not even like he's in that where it's like this weird goblin mask and like this over body suit he's literally just wearing like cargo pants and a black turtleneck with like a tactical harness on and then like you said a paintball mask he looks so un like he's not scary and also like this fight scene really dates this movie because it is some terrible special effects it's like it's really like bad it's jarring how out of place they look and it's like I try to give movies a, like a break on that because the technology is the technology, but I mean it is like they are made of rubber. Like yeah. they do not look real. It looks Nothing like, looks real. It looks like it's, it's like an animatic where they're like, "This is what'll happen in this," and they're like, "Now we just have to render it." And they're like, "No, the movie comes out in two weeks." And they're like, "But we have to do the rendering part." And they're like, "No one will notice because everybody just looks like they're made of like you said plastic. Like they haven't been oh, rendered yeah. to look real." It's just like he took two Stretch Armstrongs and just like threw them through a fucking like like meat grinder. They're just like yeah. tumbling around in this insane alley that would never exist. Like all it's I can a- remember from watching it is that there's pipes going from one building to the other. Why? Who is who is not borrowing that- sewage from the yeah. other building? <laughs> not only that, but it is the alley is what appears to be. 17 blocks long with no street running between it yeah they never come through an intersection so it's just an alley that runs i guess through the entire new york city but somehow never intersects a road they're flying for so long i was like what did nobody like even drop by new york and be like oh that's this is not what alleys look like here and like you said there's tons of pipes connecting them there's like air vents connecting the two buildings it's very confusing Mm -hmm. what they think ap like apartment buildings look like Hey, Pete, we're going to clog over here on 13. Can you unclog over on your building so that we can get flowing to our building? Why do they build it like this? This seems very You're confusing. And we're an apartment complex. <laughs> this is very confusing. And don't forget, and I would have forgotten if not for my notes, because it's an absolutely pointless addition, but he gets a sword in this one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Look, he's all about the fun gadgets. Remember, Spider-Man fucking 2, he's got the goddamn... Or is it one? Whatever. He's got the yeah. he's got the the, the, the skeleton trident. bombs and the trident. <laughs> yeah. Those are so cool. Yeah. Comparatively, he still fun. he still has the the, the pumpkin esque bombs. Right. They, they, they the aren't really pumpkin bombs, bombs from the comics. Yeah. And, the, and the razor bats. Yeah. Um, he also has the shredder arm thing. Now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which apparently they later describe is vibroblades, which you did not get earlier. Like at no point he's like, ah, my vibroblade gauntlet. Mm-hmm. It's only when 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 like sound matters or vibrations matter that they're like suddenly like, oh wait, his gauntlet's vibrant. I promise. Mm-hmm. I promise is what they do. Yeah, it's very like weird the way they include this stuff. And then like <sighs> they get this fight scene and the Green Goblin straight up is dead. He doesn't live through this fall. I mean, he like falls. Oh. 
Oh, when it, he hits that pipe. Oh yeah, yeah. Or like when he gets like clothesline. I guess first he gets clothesline. Yeah, James Franco dies. Like, smashes his head on a pipe, and then he like just like lands on a dumpster. Yeah, you're like, like oh, you're like he's dead. Superpowers or yeah. not, that motherfucker's dead. And then, and then my Peter, favorite part though is Peter is like, oh my god, I think he's hurt. He rolls him over. Terrible move to do after somebody just received nope, a head injury. Nope. But then his man. his first aid is he just keeps yelling, Harry. Like, and that's yeah. it. He's not checking his pulse. He's not trying to see if he's breathing. He's just like, Harry. It's like, uh, come on, dude. Now, you had to have seen enough TV to know this is not how you try to get somebody to wake up. Also, I think at this point in his career as Spider-Man, he would have taken like a CPR class. or like, uh, Yeah, you know, yeah. It so probably was come first on, aid. Um, th- This also confused me here. T- the whole thing about Harry. I mean, they, they quickly, like his supervillain origin is is wrapped up in about four minutes yeah. four minutes in we're like okay harry's evil now what, harry's we knew, harry's we, we knew that's where he was going well harry's we backstory was... is in the after credit scene of two right right but we so know he gets he's like a way. stinger at the end of a film and they're like that's enough backstory because two the end of two he 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 says to peter that he knows what he did right isn't that like where two no ends? at the end uh he's in his apartment and his dad appears in the mirror right okay, and that's yes. it and that's like I don't think I don't think he knows before the movie's that over. That is that is not a fair arc. I mean, sticking with with uh, uh, my earlier reference, that's kind of like like Anakin Skywalker being like, you know what, this Jedi thing is going so hot, and then like the next movie, he's fucking Vader. Like it's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. That's supposed to be a buildup. And this nope. movie could zero to movie, zero to one hundred. This movie could have been about at least. Partially about the arc of him finally becoming the Green Goblin 2, whatever you call him. Yeah. Is he even a name? Sorry. It's just they Green, call Goblin Green Goblin 2. two. Okay, Green Goblin yeah. 2. Um, uh, Originality. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and then also work the Venom thing in, which would work. Uh, but then they just say, hey, what about... <laughs> what about Sandman? What about that Sandman? <laughs> That's good, that Sandman here. But which is like of that... so bizarre to toss him in. Uh, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Well, I just wanted to... Uh, uh, oh, no, I wanted to comment on the neon sword. I already got that. <laughs> I just looking at my notes. I also refer to this scene as a Sega CD cutscene, which I think is accurate. Anyway, well, yes. What's, so- what's great, though, real quick about Harry is... <laughs> so, he he gets hurt. Peter takes him to the hospital. And the doctor tells him that uh, he lost his short-term memory. He won't be able to remember anything from the last couple of months. But as the movie goes on, he forgets things, like, all sorts of things, like... He doesn't remember his father at all. No. He, they said short-term memory loss, not entire life memory. Like, he's he like, did my father, dad like me? It's dad. like, what? Yeah. All that stuff. But oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier, which is that, so we, if, if a fan on a, on a stupid forum would probably say in response to our comment about Harry being absolutely 100% dead after being fucking slammed in the face by a pipe going 200 miles an hour, it's like, oh, but he took the serum, so... Because at this point he's he's injecting. I don't serum. give a shit what that he's serum is. Powers. And I'll accept that barely. But my question is: is that um, Norman Osborn was at least to some degree uh, 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 orchestrated the the production of the weapons that he then later turned into his suit. Like he was overseeing them. He wasn't mm-hmm. like Tony Stark or anything, but he was overseeing their construction. He probably had some vague knowledge. Well, yeah, of he's an what inventor. He's an inventor. Harry's a fucking idiot. Like Harry's dumb. Yeah. Harry's barely in Harry, college. Harry could not pass high school chemistry. They make so a he's reference not set in the first movie. Making these things and and maybe his dad just left all the stuff else. in his closet. He did not build a snowboard. Right. <laughs> we. He, he's not making these, but he seems to know them 
very well and can mm-hmm. use them extremely well. And I don't have any way to understand where they came from or or how he got to be so good with a rocket snowboard. It doesn't look easy to fly. And that's now, regular uh, snowboarding yeah. is hard. <laughs> well, that's like why it was always I felt important in the original Spider-Man comics that like he just wore all of his dad's goblin gear. Yeah. He didn't do anything new. Like, I mean, he's always been smart, but he's always been like kind of a lazy kid. Like, you know, he never like put right. in the effort. But then the, the But like he's not that's smart because he's never put in the effort. He's like, a dumbass. Yeah. yeah, he's not Flash, you know. I guess all the Flash in the comics goes to fucking space, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, Doesn't uh, he die of a heroin overdose, Harry? I, I, um, no, actually, he, he does have... There is a comic where he does have a drug overdose and, like, it's I a big thing. a drug thing but, being like, a thing. At the end, he dies because the goblin serum kills him. Oh, okay. So it's a drug overdose of sorts, but like he like has a change of heart and he saves Peter and MJ's life, and uh, then he dies from the yeah. goblin serum. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. This immediately came up with like a like panel from the page from the comic with him dying on a hospital bed with Spider-Man holding his hand. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, he's got him like locked in a house, right? something yeah and like yeah and he kind of keeps telling mj like don't worry i'm not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna hurt peter um and yeah so so yeah like i said earlier <laughs> there's a lot of characters it's really hard to go through yeah. but 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 the the movie could have could have probably been fine if it progressed with this idea of harry losing control of himself and with um with with peter losing control of himself as he becomes consumed by the power given to him by the Venom. That's a plot you could work with, but we also got my man THC in here. Who, yeah. I will admit, is, at least in resemblance, well cast for Flint yeah. Marco. Uh, yeah. man. We, we also had a problem with this because apparently he was named something different briefly in his oh, origin. God, he yeah, was like we were, something we were, Morgan. We were talking about this, yeah. Very briefly in the original comic, he's like Thomas Morgan or something, and then... He gets thrown in jail and he adopts the name Flint Marco as sort of like a, a criminal alias. Um, and then that's just the name he's been known as for like the entirety of his character arc. But anyway, I just wanted to say that because I was looking him up and I'm like, I'm very confused by why they're calling him like Marco. But Thomas Hayden Church plays, yes, uh, Flint Marco or Sandman, who's an escaped convict at the very beginning of the movie, who ultimately wanders into the least I, secure no. science facility this, in the no. history. <laughs> Never has science been practiced so irresponsibly and yeah. so lazily. Like, Marie Curie did a better job trying not to get radiation poisoning. <laughs> These fuckers just have an open field, which he, like, jumps over a fence, and the police are just like, well, he went over a fence. We're done. And it's, it's fenced off, and it, based on the fact that he ran there, it appears to be... Just outside like of New York City. A mile outside of New York yeah. it's, it's, like, in... Tire, it's in, uh, what's the park called? Like third, yeah, it's, 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 it's in like Central Park, yeah. Yeah, Central Park, yeah, it's just like right there. But he yeah. jumps this fence and it's just a sign that says particle testing. Then he lands in this pit and they say, these guys, they're doing nighttime. I don't know. Nighttime who, tests. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who's it's doing a test of, in the middle of the it's night. The dead of night. <laughs> don't know why this has to be outdoors either, why it's not inside of a closed laboratory, because yeah. I feel like this is only opening up for a lot of variables you can't control. But he falls into this pit and one of the scientists says, Huh, the density of uh, the, the amount of molecules has gotten thicker. And the guy's like, it's probably a bird. A bird and a human do not have the same weight, number of yeah. atoms, number of molecules. Like, you would 100% if you were that also, guy be like, holy shit, this just check. went up by. Yeah. yeah and just the guy's check. like, then he says, 
It'll probably look out a window. Well, what's great is the one scientist says it'll fly it'll away fly when away. it starts. Yeah. It's like, bro, do you understand how science works? You have to be able to verify everything you did. You can't be like, there could have been a bird in there. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, how the how the test go on the sand? Well, there could have been a bird in the sand. We don't know. What we were mean? able to do it, but I, it was because there was a bird. What kind of bird? We didn't God, look. imagine that well, movie the, if we ended up with sand bird. The sand. Yeah. The, the sand. How many sand in, birds are there out there? Is the question. <laughs> There was an interesting... Yeah, I wish they zoomed out and there was just, like, eight pits of all these birds being, like, yeah. hit with particle beams. Like, I just wanted to be like, yeah, the experiment went well. We saw some reaction with the uh, the, the, the molecule, you know, dimensionality of the uh, of the sand. Um, you said there was a, a variable. Yeah, it was either a, a bird or a man. We don't know for It sure. was any mass of a living object. What? It could have been anything, really. For all could we have know, been a man-shaped bird. We don't know. Could have been, like, a whole lot of worms together. I wish they also zoomed out and instead like, they, they, they zoom out as he's being turned into sand and like one sort of pit down, there's like electros being made, like, like yeah. a, a criminal's running in and getting electrified and like a criminal over here is like, you know, I'm trying to think of other, other fell into science villains from fucking Spider-Man. I mean, all of them. Jesus Spider-Man, Christ. It's yeah. all like Kurt Con- Everyone just had like a bad time with science in this fucking Science, yeah. nuclear energy is the cause of 90% of Marvel's <laughs> problems. Like if, if we right. just never invented nuclear reactors the marvel universe would have been so some of them in, in, use science to create something that they then become a villain with like the mm-hmm. shocker gauntlets or the right. uh, uh dr uh, octopus yeah yeah, um, yeah. stilt man still <laughs> classic classic stilt man uh but yeah yeah so so uh flint marco is turned into i mean i would say the sandman well, he is, is like, turned into nothing he's turned into a yeah. pile of sand he's he vaporized to sand yeah but his ability to learn how to become the Sandman is it's... what appears to be a rough minute. Like he's just like, I think learning. I'm gonna reform my body. Mm-hmm. Like, like flash to like the Watchmen scene. Yeah, where it's like yeah. trying yeah. to like weeks, weeks, to bring that up. weeks yeah. of him like reforming his. his yeah, they talk about head. how he's appearing with like a central nervous and, system, and, and that's a, a genius scientist with knowledge of what turned him into what he is. Yes, and a man who was like really into building watches and interested in how things were put together. Flint Marco dropped a gun and shot a guy. <laughs> like yeah. Flint Marco yeah. is not super smart. They were they were gonna split the take. <laughs> Of a of an amateur wrestling night. That's these criminals. What are they both going to get? Like seventy five dollars? It's insane. What kind of criminal ring is this? And why did he have a gun? I will say that um, that Flint Marco or, uh, or Flint Marco the, the, the Sandman CGI is of this movie's relative CGI work the better. Yeah, it looks it looks fine. Uh, at times it's goofy. At times, it's pretty good. He looks, you know, he shapes and bends and shifts back into his green shirt. It's only when he turns pretty big well. does it look terrible. Right. It does look yeah. bad big. The construction shirt sure. at the yes. end yes. Or the, everything the, is bad the, 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 uh, the truck oh, of the sand, sand truck. which is yeah, just yeah. being parked out front of what appears to be a jewelry store in New York City. Also, in that scene where the Thank God. like, I think he's in the sand. Let me take the shovel and start stabbing it real yeah, violently into the sand. That's a kill move. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I found him when the blood like starts filling yeah. up in there. It's insane. Yeah, just that... read the report on that later. Like, yeah, I saw the criminal jump in the sand truck, so I just started just just ripping it apart with a shovel. Yeah, and he, I was he, gonna he, shoot into it, but I thought that wouldn't kill him. I lacerated him like four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I guess it is the NYPD. I mean, so like, yeah, the other end of the shovel would go in just as easily and be way less harmful. Um, or also just wait. You can't breathe under sand. He's going to have to come back up. Yeah. 
You don't really, there's no active search. You just stand there. If he doesn't come back up, then you're like, well, I guess he didn't make it. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, oh, you ready for another character that's introduced? Well, now, yeah, go, go ahead. Give me, give, give me. Well, I mean, I guess at this point, um, we have Peter Parker. We have, we have characters that appeared in two. So we've got his land, his landlord and the girl who appears they to be like a third. Why do like, they give screen time to this? I don't I get don't it. know. Because it feels like they're going to set her up to be like a third love interest. It felt like that in the second movie, too, that she was going to be like an extra. And no. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Sam Raimi knew her and was like, I like her. She's cool. It's so weird. because She's going to work movie, her into this film. This movie is so packed for space. It is It is just, there is, there is, a, there is a high cost to every minute in this movie because they've got so much they're trying to do at once. And they give a solid 20, 20 minutes, like, total screen time to this, this either the uh, the landlord or the landlord's daughter. It is so much of this movie. Well, and yeah. you know why. It's because Sam Raimi doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he does not give a fuck. He's going to make the movie he wants to make. Yeah. And he's going to throw in the scenes the studio wants him to make also, but... He's just gonna tack those on. That's extra. Hey, make me some cookies, babe. Yeah, make me some cookies. This... God, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about real quick when Spider-Man becomes evil. Well, hold on. Before we get there, oh. that's a that's a that's a meaty section. And before we get there, I wanted to also talk about a couple of the other characters that are worth noting. Okay. Um, it's the third movie, and J.K. Simmons is still the world's greatest J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, the world's the... greatest. If J. they Jonah do not Jameson. cast him as J. Jonah Jameson in he's the DC Spider-Man now. Homecoming. In the Homecoming yeah, series, I'm going to be pissed. But there's a lot of attempts at comedy in this movie, and I would say about I would say about fucking eighty percent of it failed for me. But Jay yes. Jonah is repeatedly making me gut gut laugh. Like there's a, God, the, that except one for scene. the weird scene where his he has the buzzer on his desk that she's nope, like, no that's super that's amazing shaking. Loved it's it. so weird. <laughs> I love that scene. It's so such much. a cartoon moment. <laughs> I loved it. The scene where he's like trying to take his fucking pills and and, and Betty or is it Betty? Yeah, yeah she's Betty buzzing yeah. in and but, but he, I, like all the, the scene dialogue... I like the best. His best moment is when Peter sits at his desk and puts his feet up on the desk and there's just that shot of him looking at Peter's feet, then looking at Peter, then looking at his feet, and then he turns and looks at that editor and the guy just looks at him. That like they don't talk, <laughs> but his face when he looks at his feet and then back up at him, it like that got me. That made me laugh for a really long time. Yeah, it's it's just killer. Um, obviously, Betty's back. Uh, uh, we also get Aunt May briefly, I think. Yep, yeah, she's in it. Aunt she's May in it to is, give. Yeah. She's in it to give back the ring and to and to be called in by the police to let them know that they made a mistake and that the man who really killed her husband is now on the loose. Not how that works. Kurt Connors. They don't in. just call you back and be like, "Hey, by the way, we've known for a while this oh, guy right. murdered your your husband." But now he's escaped, so we have to tell you. It's like, that's not how police work works, guys. Yeah. Uh, Kurt's in this and never got to be... Never got lizard-fied. Never got lizard-fied. I mean, they uh, were working... Obviously, they were, they were setting us up for He is given, it, like, he, nothing to do in this movie. He's missing an arm, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. they, were set, they, they were setting us up for it. Well, but. he's like... He's a physicist, not a biologist in this, also. I don't yeah. understand, but... This, these movies have a tenuous grasp on what science is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They know what science like, 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 just like a forty science old, adjacent, a fifty year old mother on like Facebook understands about science is that it's just a, an, an anonymous black cloud where technology comes from. Um, but the addition in this movie, uh, or this is the, the notable addition in this movie, is um, you know you got to talk about your boy Topher Grace. 
because he's got some frosted tips and he's here to uh, be... the frosted tips when he showed up i was like that is seven years after that was a hairstyle <laughs> I'm so I do not. I do not think those were popular when this movie came out. No, because the Eddie Brock that I remember is like is very like intense, and he's, yeah, he's a he's like the quintessential jock. Like he is like a, a dude who does yeah. like steroids, and he's desperate to prove himself. He's desperate to be the best. Is what drives him to sort of be uh, 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 drawn into the symbiote and to become. Well, his hatred of Peter Parker also helps. Yeah, I mean, but that's tied into how much he's desperate to win and Peter ups him. Um, In this one... Isn't it mostly... Chris, you'll probably know. Isn't isn't he, like, really mostly angry because Felicia Harding likes Peter too much? No. Oh, okay. Because he doesn't want to be a... Does he want to be a photographer in the comics? No, in the comics, he's actually a reporter. He's a writer. Yeah, I thought he was a newspaper. He writes this expose about a serial killer named the Sin Eater... And he thinks he's found the right person who like, or he thinks like someone's basically come to him and be like, I'm the sin eater. I want to be interviewed. He writes this story about him and then Spider-Man captures the real sin eater. So Eddie Brock didn't know what he did was like, or didn't know that he was like reporting on the wrong guy. But then because of that, then like no newspaper will hire him after yeah, that. It ruins his career. Fraud, so like yeah. Spider-Man didn't, didn't do anything to him. Oh, he didn't do anything wrong either, but it ruined his career and he's, he's putting it on Spider-Man. Um, Which and they then, try to do in this one, yeah, in like a in a microcosm way with the with the oh. whole photograph. Yeah, but at the di- the difference is though, this Eddie Brock did something wrong. He like right, and he knows was an immoral, knows you it, know, yeah. like reporter. And it's the weirdest thing because it's the whole thing is is introduced and then wrapped up in like two minutes, where it's like we see him take the pictures that seemed odd at the time, and then later we see the photo on the wall being like, oh, here's Spider Man robbing a bank. And then Peter's just like, nope, it's a fraud. And it's like, oh, okay. Wow, yeah, my it career wraps up the second they reveal it. Like, they reveal <laughs> it, they cut to the Daily Planet, and then Peter shows up. And I'm like, wow, you didn't even give us, like, four seconds to really savor, like, the city-hating Spider-Man. Because here's mm-hmm. a pitch. What if Spider-Man put on the black Venom suit, and he went out, and he felt real power, and then he woke up the next morning and was like, did I, how did I get home? Like, I don't I was just so, like, caught up in this. And then he sees a newspaper thing, and he's like, Jesus Christ. Did I lose it in that suit and rob a bank? Like, what if there was like a moment where that was the plot until it was like turned around that it was a, a fraud and he realized it? Way better, right? Yeah, way better. Anything would have been better. Sam Raimi doesn't give a fuck <laughs> about Venom. He, he doesn't he want actually, him in the fucking movie. He did not. He was very adamant. He's about not going to write a good news. story about it. Pokes, I'm gonna okay. I'm making another T-shirt request here, and that T-shirt request is: I'm going to need you to go ahead and give me a an illustration of of emo hair uh, Peter Parker doing a sachet down the road, and above it just says Sam Raimi, don't give a fuck. <laughs> Thank you. All right, just get to work on that. Um, <laughs> just doing the finger guns. Got it. Yeah, just yes, yes, yes. And then, um, what does he say to the lady of the place? Find me some shade. Hot find legs. me some shade. Yeah, hot legs, find me Put some Put that shade. on the back of the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it is... That, yeah, we, we'll get into that. We, 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 still, have, to we still have no. more characters. We, do we? we? We have Gwen Stacy. We have her oh. father, who is introduced as the chief of police, very briefly. Long enough I mean, for... That's accurate, I guess. To have some sort of weird moment with uh, whatever his name is. Um, then you're introduced to... Hayden Church's extended family, his daughter and his wife. Um, very, very unhappy wife. James Franco's butler comes back into it, who I feel very sorry oh for God. because he seems like he's not well in this movie. <laughs> yeah, 
It's really shaky in all these scenes. And then it's it, like, the it's like, Bernard, I'm having, we're having company over. Uh, or no, we're having guests over. A guest? Yeah, <laughs> oh, a guest. No. A, a guest guest? <laughs> do, do anyone else remember that? Yeah, because uh, I was like, I was like, like, is this supposed to be a confused. joke? Or is this guy having, like, his <laughs> like, Alzheimer's? Like, yeah. Where am I? Yeah. Give me some food. Oh, that sounds tough. <laughs> what, and then what's like, what's like insane is at the end of the movie, that's how they wrap up the Harry storyline oh, is Peter comes to him and is like, I need your help. I can't fight him. We have to save Mary Jane. He's like, I won't help you. Fuck you. You killed my dad. Mm-hmm. Then the old man comes down. He's like, look, I've seen some weird things. It's like, motherfucker, why didn't you tell him this five months yeah. ago? <laughs> like, it's when you first saw him put on the Green Goblin 2 suit, shouldn't you have been like... Yeah. I should really... Also, too, when did he become, like, a forensic scientist? He's like, there's no doubt, the blade that pierced your father. It's like, I don't think this is information. It's like, like, dude, Butler, you don't know anything. I asked you to get food earlier, and in the next scene, I was making my own sandwich (laughs) with my date. Yeah. (laughs) What's also insane... Yeah, oh my god, we'll get to that in one second. He he appears to forget who his father is, but suddenly can paint, which is not something he could do in any of the other movies. It's a weird scene. But Mary Jane comes over... And to show you, like, how in touch with everything that's happening in the world this movie was, two people in their mid-20s, mid to late 20s, decide to make omelets while listening to the Big Bopper do the twist. Yeah. That sounds like 60 years old at that point. Yeah, that <laughs> like, uh, look, I love, I love me some Big Bopper, but I don't think those two people even know who the fuck the Big Bopper is. I want you right now to, I want you to go on Tinder right now and message someone and say, hey, it's late, I know, but what do you think about omelets and the Big Bopper right now? See how they're well like, that fucking They're going to be like, oh, quit calling your penis weird names. Like, no, Big Bob, he was a musician. My penis, is, my penis is nickname is Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, That's great balls of fire. All right, anyways. So we, we got to get I'm, I'm apparently Sam Raimi because I'm making jokes no one's going to get. <laughs> Also, I, I don't want to totally blow past this because I noticed the note. There's some, like, there's like two or three scenes, and I can't quite remember their full context, where James Franco, I think, is definitely in Pineapple Express for a half second. There's one where he's, like, in bed, and he's, like, just woken up, and he goes, oh, hi, guys. Like, it's this, like, big, high, red-eyed smile. Oh, he's stoned yeah. out of his mind during the filming of this movie, like, without a yeah. doubt. But it's it's like it, he, for a few moments he seems like he's a character that's not Harry Osborne because he gives some weird face or something. Yeah, I he wish looks I, like he's a goofball. I want to capture a few of those because they just there's. But he doesn't like do that in the first one. Like I don't recall him yeah, being like no like so, suddenly like like Seth Rogen for like a half second. Like it's just weird. It's um, when he's in the hospital bed. He's like, oh, Peter, and he makes that weird smile. It's like, yeah, that was this his audition <laughs> for that movie they made about Tommy Wiseau. Like, yeah. It just feels like so unnatural and weird. Um, and I do have a note that just said, "Yeah, I'm positive James Franco is stoned during all of these scenes." That face, that face is just—he's really high, and his roommate just came home with some extra Taco Bell. That is the face he's making. It's like, oh, awesome! Like that—that's the face that's coming out of him right now. But it's just the—it's—it's it's so ill placed because he doesn't spend that scene being like hospital drugged up or something he's just normal except for the the random amnesia that he's picked up which gets like just like every other plot line slowly erased by like five minutes of storyline anyway uh we have to talk about the scene everyone remembers when we talk about this movie wait wait real quick before you do that the other the other scene you need to get is i just i was looking at my notes is the scene where harry is eating that pie after he tells peter that 
He, and, so good. So when that, yeah, he's like, it's so good. It's That's so the other creepy. One. That's the other one. I gotta capture those. That's that was the, definitely that was a gift that went around for a long time. Oh yeah, because yeah, it's it so out. weird. It looks familiar to yeah. Me. Um. So about mid fucking as as I think someone pointed out, forty fucking eight minutes in before like the end of this fucking movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh this very very long movie. We we suddenly. But, but I'm sorry. The, it's it's an hour and a half in according to my notes, and he's just now doing his evil turn. The symbiote. Peter's evil turn. Arrive That's insane. Yeah. Via meteor, like ten minutes in. Yeah, it's pretty yes. soon. Like, it pretty makes early. one other appearance, like an hour. Doesn't in. show up yet. It's an hour in before you actually see it do anything. Before he puts the suit on, there's but even a scene then, like forty-five minutes in. You see it crawling in his apartment. That's what I mean. Yeah, there's, there's like a crawling yeah. for a minute. And even when it crawled, I even said out loud to Chris, "Oh, I forgot." <laughs> like, I get yeah, you're like, I "Oh yeah, this is a." It. This is the Venom movie. And it's not like a tiny thing to forget about. It's a literal alien. Yeah. It's yeah. a big fucking deal. Although I am glad that they just glossed over how it got to Earth because that's not important. No, I, I'm, I, I'm fine with the whole meteor thing except yeah. they, they literally said, hey, by the way, here's an alien. Anyway, do you want to see Gwen's Broadway performance three times? No, I do not. Yeah. <laughs> there, is so, there is so much singing in this movie. Do you want to see Peter argue with his landlord about their door? Like, <laughs> Uh, Mr. Dickovich. <laughs> Sorry. It's an alien. Um, but eventually we get to the scene where he fully commits to wearing the suit. And mm-hmm. it uh, it leads us into what... So we were talking about this when we were watching the movie. Yeah. Which is that this is, of course, obviously this whole, whole chapter of the film is stupid. Because of what they're doing with with this, like, this, this sort of symbioted... Peter Parker, but in a way, even if it wasn't meant to be, it's kind of hilarious because oh, it's this, definitely hilarious. No, because the symbiote takes it, it, it activates like just the the inherent qualities of its host. Mm-hmm. So it does bring this sort of eviler side out of the people that it inhabits, and for someone like well, but not Peter's this. eviler side is like an evil version of Leave It the Beaver. Exactly, yeah, it's exactly. so dated. We joked about this when we were watching yeah, the movie. Yeah, because the best he could think of to be evil was to ask his neighbor's daughter to make him more cookies without saying please. Like, that's literally what Yeah, he's like, go make me some with some nuts in it. And you're like, ooh, he's a bad boy. Ooh. But, and, and then, if, they had, if they had made Topher Grace's character a lot more, like, terif- like, like tougher and maybe not Yeah, instead Grace, of he appears to be, like, on the verge of suicide for most of the movie. Yeah, if he was, like, a kind of scary, intense individual, you could see why the symbiote would have a different effect when it kind of consumes the hate within him. In that way, it almost, I wouldn't say it works, but it's, it's I, I, I respect it, like, a, a tick more because of, of, of seeing the fact that, than what I thought I was going to do, think about it. Because yeah, it is like, it is like ex- exaggerating Peter Parker's idea of a bad boy, <laughs> which is just really funny. The, well, the like, thing when he goes gets... to that suit shop and buys that discount suit. <laughs> why did it have to be discount? Because he's Peter Parker. He doesn't have any fucking money. I know, but why did it have to be like why? The door has eighteen signs that say clearance. It's so weird. <laughs> but like the weirdest part about that whole scene is you get this scene. Peter's walking down the street. He's doing, like, the world's worst version of, like, the staying alive, like, you know, like, strut. Yeah. And he, it's like every other woman he walks by, these are, and these women are all, like, ups, they're, like, obviously, like, you know, models in New York that they just paid to come to. I mean, they're, like, all super gorgeous women. Mm-hmm. Half of them seem into it. And I'm like, why? 
like one girl when he walks by turns around and like gives him a once over it's like one he doesn't look good <laughs> like he's just in a pair of jeans but like she's into this guy who's doing like finger guns and is like doing like the weird dance where you like roll your hands in a circle i don't even know how to describe it it's it's, Absurd. it's the power of confidence, I mean, Tony McGuire. I guess. Tony McGuire isn't like an ugly guy, but he's certainly like leading man handsome. Mm-hmm. You know what no, I mean? And, like and it's, it's not even like he's in the nice suit where you're like, all right, maybe right. if the girl walked by and he, he just looks like a nerd with combed down hair and he looks like he's insane. He's doing this terrible strut and dance. It's. Oh, yeah. It, no, it's. Yeah. And, it was and, crazy. And that, that scene is on the street is the one I've seen like memed and stuff. But it, it, it doesn't hold a candle to his behavior the minute we get into the fucking jazz club. A, it holds true to what you were talking about, Post, where we have, like, a kind of, like, 40s jazz bar here in Chicago. And it's, like, a goof, like, going to, like, a fucking 50s-style diner, like, a yeah. once. It's not a big thing. And it's definitely not a big thing in New York at this time. You know, like, there's no what, cool I jazz mean, club. Like, What's so insane is all right. This part, this bar that's in Chicago. Yeah. Do some of do you go and they're like, we've got a musical act, but it's a person who's bringing you your drinks. Like, who wants to go to a bar where it's like, oh, you can't get a drink because the person who's serving you is currently singing a really bad rendition is, of like, I'm through with love. That is weird, and but also it, it's this place was not depicted in like this is a cool kitschy thing to do. It was depicted as like again, like the omelet scene. This is what teens get up to. Yeah, it's- yeah. As if there's just like a real diehard group of New York youngsters who are like, "Ooh, I'm 27 and on ecstasy. Let's go to that jazz club where the waitresses sing." It's so insane. But he goes in. He delivers oh, it- the, the dialogue we said earlier, which if, if I've got it right, is he slides her what a, I think it was like two dollars. T- no, it's a twenty dollar bill. A twenty dollar bill, and says, "Find us some shade." <laughs> He says he does say "Hey, hot legs first, hot which legs. is yeah. deeply upsetting. Find us and, some shade. And then, yeah. then, but what's crazy is she walks him over to a table that says "reserved," so it feels like he already had the table because <laughs> she wouldn't just give him a reserved table. So I feel like he already called and forgot, like good Peter called. And then he proceeds to do a, a more terrible dancing, but it feels like that scene in Anchorman where he plays like the jazz flute. It's just, like, absurd. Like, Peter yeah. gets up and starts playing the piano, which he doesn't know how to play. Yep, then yeah. does this, I mean, really aggressively bad dancing. Like, well, nobody... And everybody I, seems to be into it. And I'm like, this is not even good bad dancing. Like, this is the lowest level of dancing a person can do. Now, dig on this, Pokes. Oh, my God. I forgot he says that, too. It's... Oh, I mean, it's so This bad. is so weird because there's no scene... There's no analogous scene in the comics to reference like there's no jazz scene even though when spider-man came out jazz would have been more relevant mm-hmm. there still is not a jazz scene in what's the also comics. crazy though is like it's a jazz club but they don't play jazz music they're playing i don't know what the fuck they're playing like old yeah, 40s and 50s songs. it's like swing it's like a bit of swing yeah music, it's really. so bizarre there's songs that i it's just it's a real unique take on uh, just, new york city and i wrote it down he just looks ill here in this yeah. scene like and all he's these a little scenes. moist like a little sweaty he's like pale and his hair is is definitely not like tough badass it looks like a kid in high school i knew who would um find me at lunch to try and convince me that he was a vampire that was the look he's got going on is like the kid no one wants to talk to at lunch mm-hmm. who thinks he's a vampire yeah and won't stop talking to you about it um so i 
I it, it just it's beyond reason. Like there's this part is the hardest one to to apply my credit <laughs> to because I don't understand what this was supposed to be. Um, I I find this scene more confusing than the walking down the street scene. Yeah, oh hundred percent. Because like the walking down, like when we watched Spider Man two, I forgot there's that raindrops keep falling on my head montage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, where he like actually, trips. I love that montage. Yeah, <laughs> and and I was like, I was like, oh, maybe this isn't as bad because he does like a little dance in that too. And I was like, maybe that's what Sam Raimi was going is to be like, oh, that's like that's Peter's thing when he's like sure of himself as he dances on the street or something. And watching this, it's hilarious. But the jazz club scene is just a real head scratcher because like from top to bottom, you're like, don't know why it's a jazz club, don't know why she couldn't just be a waitress there. Why does she have to be a singer there too? How'd she get a singing job when she's like known for not having a good singing voice? <laughs> like it's just like all these questions for a scene that never pays off, except for we get to see Peter hit his his girlfriend, which is deeply upsetting for your main character. Yeah, um, he's he's not he's not a great person in this movie. I mean, no, it's kind of the point, but like even even he never suit. really redeems himself. Yeah, at any point, and it like you know he he thinks he kills the Sandman. He like all this other stuff. Yeah, it's like. Even before the suit, he, he kisses Gwen. He doesn't see why it's a problem. Mm-hmm. He seems to be ignoring Mary Jane to some degree. And, I mean, just obsessing over her career without actually paying attention to how it's going. Which is a, it's part of, like, the Peter Parker character. He's, he's juggling two lives. It's always, like, a constant conflict. But there's never a redeemable moment where he puts it all together and does something nice for Mary Jane or for Gwen. Yeah. And... Well, and Gwen just never... I mean, it obviously feels like a threat from MJ's perspective, but, like, there's never any chemistry really either there either. She's a distraction. Yeah. Well, what's weird is, too, is, like, she seems into Parker when they're at the jazz club, but that's not... She's into Spider-Man, who she doesn't right. know as Peter. Right. So it's very weird when they show up as a date. I'm like, why would she have gone out with him? She just met him with his girlfriend in a restaurant two days ago. It's just yeah. like such a weird thing mm-hmm. just to be like, oh, we'll just throw well, this in. Just like in 2, this movie constantly confuses the idea that the character shouldn't know that Peter and Spider-Man are the same person. Just like when, when Doc Ock throws a car at Peter Parker, who all he thinks is a photographer. Who's yeah, trying to is, is, is a guy who's not great at science. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't, like, thank God. I was like, are you telling? <laughs> oh, shit, I think I just killed that dude. Oh, it's a good thing you did a flip. Um, yeah, it's, it's, thank God he has uncanny spider-like so, rec- reflexes and there's opportunities for the i mean I, I know that that i'm sure sam was trying to well we don't we know sam didn't give a fuck but i'm sure the studio is trying to keep this movies i don't know light so maybe that they could continue to have like a rating so they could go for kids or whatever but there's plenty of opportunities to make the venom suit bad i mean he, he fights sandman and essentially kills him to his understanding yeah that's all you needed. We didn't need the jazz scene. The jazz scene was trying, even if it was comical and stupid or whatever, the, its purpose was to show you that this is not the Peter Parker that you recognize. Well, I, the scene, I think the purpose of the jazz scene is just so he would hit Mary Jane, even if it was by accident, so that he would have the crisis that would make him go and get the suit But just, off. like, story about those two together, because one of them's like, all right, so we're going to show you Peter Parker's uh, kind of swing on his bad side a little bit here by showing him buying a discount suit and then dancing in a jazz club. Then, two minutes later, killing a human being. Like, what in the godly fuck yeah. is, like, your plan here? Either go with one or the other. Like, I don't know. What's also weird is they, they never, in the comics, when he gets the suit, he just wears it all the time. He never takes it off because it can mimic anything at once. So it can look right. like regular clothes. 
So he wears it all the time. Yeah. That it starts altering his mood and he realizes he can't actually take it off. Like he can't get it to come off of his body. And there's a whole thing in the comics where he figures out that sonic sounds is what, is what makes it, it doesn't like him and that he can get it off. In the mm-hmm. movie, he takes this thing on and off constantly until he finally wants to take it off and then it's like, no, 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 no. So it's like really weird because like it, there's nothing in the movie to think, make you think he can't take it off. Yeah. But all of a sudden there's this really long scene where he's like yanking on it. You're like, but just take it off. You you took it off earlier in the movie and put it in a chest. Yeah. So just take it off. Like, so they never built, like they never explain Venom really in the movie either. It's very weird that they like, he has this like subplot that they never really explain, but then still leave all the hallmarks of the character in it. So Chris, um, I want to keep the Phantom Menace thing going. So in, in in the Phantom Menace and other Star Wars prequels, people often say, yes, bad movie. But I liked, I don't know, Darth Maul fight or something. Um, yeah. What do you think? We obviously enjoy the jazz dance scene for its raw comedy. But are there any quality sequences from this that, that speak to you? Or is it just sort of like a glossy CGI mess? It's... Yeah, and I mean, maybe if I had seen it within the last two weeks, it's uh, it's tough. I'm putting you on the spot after. after <laughs> I, I I don't think no. there's like a good Spider-Man scene. There really isn't. That's like, my problem with it. I can't. There's there's nothing he ever actually does that's heroic that goes well. Yeah, like, yeah. He like he fails at fighting the Sandman a couple times. Hmm. Um. He never actually saves anyone. No, he never actually does something well, heroic. I guess, I guess he, he saves, saves like the, Gwen Stacy. He saves Gwen Stacy. Actually, and that actually scene is a pretty good scene. Um, but That's like, you're right. That is one I liked. Is when uh, was the crane's out of control? Yeah, the crane was out. Of yeah, control. yeah, yeah. Which they never fixed, by the way. They say he saves Gwen, but then like the crane's still, still up there killing people. Around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I like that because yeah, it's like it's death defying. It's got classic Spider-Man moments in it. Yeah, like where he's like falling through the debris and like jumping off things to try to catch Gwen. Like mm-hmm. that was all really cool. And actually, Except for the fact that everybody on that street died oh. when all that shit landed <laughs> on yeah. it. Yeah. This movie uh, is all pedestrian casualties. Yeah. And that's something that like the Spider-Man movies have always kind of ignored. They have like, they always show a shot of like people dodging debris to kind of like be like, see it, no one got hurt. But yeah, well, like, in the first movie, they actually there's a scene where they like go out of the way to show that like when he's getting beat up by the Green the Goblin at that thing is he's trying to save everybody from the debris that's falling. Yeah, and that's Green Goblin keeps coming and hitting him because like he knows he's distracted. That's a good. Scene. And it's like then the rest of the movies are just like, eh, should have been standing. Like at the end of the movie when all those people are around the uh, the construction site, I'm like, wow, this is a group of people who really has a death wish like why would you show up and stand outside that'd be like when september 11th happening running to it being like let's stand real close to it I yeah. live in the it's city, just insane and i can't imagine being like hey there's like there is like a catastrophic event happening downtown even if you told me that spider-man was doing a jazz dance downtown i'd be like that's still pretty far yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna go downtown <laughs> Do you know what it's that? like traffic is like in new york but um yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you that 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 uh, that the the skyscraper crane scene has enough Spider-Man moments in it that mm-hmm. that, that don't feel and because it is a genuine like heroic scene, yeah. whereas the rest of the time he's either being weird, being awkward, being horrible to Mary Jane, uh, or having a really awkward CGI fight where he doesn't really do where he might be doing something cool, but I can't tell because the movie is going in fast forward with rubbery CGI and he's just doing like 
bizarre cartwheels in the air, and I don't even know what's yeah. happening half the time. And like catapulting himself off the American flags or something oh, like that. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Was that this movie? I, I, I don't know. There is one where yes. he lands next to it. There's, well, it's in, it's in all of them. Yeah. The first movie, he lands on top of the one, but that was because the movie came out so close to September 11th and everything. Yeah. The second one, he uses the American flags to like shoot himself out to the ocean, mm-hmm. I think. That's right. And yeah. then this one, he also lands like right beside one. The end fight scene is so disappointing, too, because it's and not let's, good. Let's talk about that, because that's what we have left, is that in the finale, the two villains... Um, team up team up with uh against peter and the third villain which has now had a full dramatic character arc from from being his friend to being in the green goblin well from being to, a, yeah. the green Amnesia, goblin to being back to be his friend to be yes. the green goblin again and now being his friend to the point and you were saying this earlier yeah. that he's now quipping yep they with, are quipping yeah it's like not only did he just forgive him or be like you know what I'm going to need to take some time, but I came to help you save Mary Jane. Yeah, he shows up as if they've been a, in a buddy cop movie for the past hour. Mm-hmm. It's, like, so crazy. Like, he just shows up. He's like, I'm kind of busy over here. It's like, you fuckers are going to die. Like, this is not in your character. It's very weird. And the, it's also the weird introduction that Topher Grace, like, everybody knows what Venom looks like. You know, he's one of the most iconic comic book villains of all time. Yeah. Uh, you know his appearance the gigantic mouth full of teeth the big tongue they uh, they don't do a great job making him look good in this movie but the thing that's very confusing is venom has really sharp teeth but that's because venom can really make itself look like whatever it wants right it's a why does topher grace have really sharp teeth all of his teeth when the mask comes back don't like it are like filed to points and did he do that and it's a very Halloween-y, like, vampire teeth effect. It does yeah. not look yeah. good. It looks, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it looks yeah. real bad. It looks super terrible. And also, it just seems, again, like, very odd. Like, Topher Grace was an odd choice to play Venom, who's known for being, like, this hulking mass and, you know, like, real menacing looking. But what's weird is, like, he's constantly not Venom. He's always like, let me pull the mask back so I can give a monologue. It's like, well, maybe do it in, like, the cool Venom voice or something. It's supposed to be out of control. Like he's supposed yeah, to be just yeah. It's supposed to be like Venom rage. is taking him over, yeah. And like maybe Eddie Brock's like steering it, maybe. But but it's just like unbridled. And mm-hmm. Carnage is like the escalation of that. Yeah. But but yeah, it's just Topher Grace doing bits, frosted tips, like yeah, fucking it, it, goblin teeth. Like I don't understand. And then like they build him up as like they're like he's impossible. You can't beat him. And then he he basically kills, uh, Green Goblin too. Yeah. And then Peter just takes like hits a, a bunch of metal sometimes and the suit starts coming off and then he just throws a bomb in and it blows up and it kills him it's like so wouldn't a bomb have just killed him at any point like couldn't you have just thrown that to him even when he was still in the suit like really feel like this fight could end in the first 14 seconds just and let it was Sa- so it just made no sense and can sandman get that big is that even like a thing he has as long as he has more sand around him that makes right? sense yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean i feel like that's been established but like Sam is one of those characters, I, I think they was... are very fast and loose with his powers because, yeah. like, he was defeated his first appearance with a shop back. <laughs> and he wasn't strong enough to break out of the shop back after Spider-Man sucked him into it. That's how he was defeated the first time he appeared. <laughs> so, like... He's defeated a lot by, like, the fact that fire hydrants are a thing. Yeah, yeah, fire hydrants. Like, like a good portion of his, like fights end with spider-man being like oh there's a fire hydrant thank god and you're just like wow dude you really got to come up with a plan against water but he's also sort of one of those weird characters that like 
they they did do like arcs later on where it's like he doesn't want to be a bad guy like right. he was he he had to commit crimes for a reason he didn't yeah. want to do it but he couldn't do he couldn't get enough money and so he's like this like kind of redeemable character and there's this he when he appears in the sinister six he doesn't actually want to do it they basically force him into doing it and well something that's also... weird is you know like doc Ockin too is a, a scientist who's you know pushing himself to the, like the limit to try and yeah. achieve his dream and he blames spider-man for the the failure of his experiment because spider-man yes. shows up i think to try and save him when it all starts going well wrong. yeah spider-man unplugs it and and he blames spider-man for what led to him to be who he, he is now with the arms and and the which he's also going insane though because of the and, ai and the because arms. of the ar and the failure of his career and everything is all and his wife being murdered right culminating by in that character mistakes. You get that. And two, you don't need to have anything explained to you after that's all been sort of displayed. Um, Green, Even Green Goblin in this movie, you understand his motivations to being mad at Spider-Man and, and Peter Parker. Sandman is a criminal who they, they loosely tie to Ben, but that's not revealed to either of them until late in the movie. And it's, yeah, and it's like one of those things where it was sort of like the... Um the joker killing batman's parents thing like it just there was no reason to do it no reason like it it didn't add anything to the story at all it's an unnecessary coincidence that just i guess they needed to do it so that he could kill him the but like no i think also like it was important at the end when peter forgives him right that's what they were going for yeah like that's important and then he just kind of blows away and like i guess it's kind of like talking about like i guess peter's guilt blown away because peter's also forgiving himself yeah, um, I can see that. What I don't get is like why the Sandman gives any shit about Spider-Man. He clearly, in the very beginning, he's just mad at him because he keeps trying to stop him from robbing people. But he clearly illustrates early on that Spider-Man's barely a threat to him. I mean, he can punches don't affect him, which is yeah. just about everything Spider-Man has. It's like he can trap you in webs a little bit, also can't affect him. Like he's just good. Like the water thing comes up later, but for a while he's good. Yet he plots to take him down because spider-man's so aggressively like coming after him i guess but it's even then it just like you would think he'd just get the money he needs and just try to go back to being himself yeah i know that the movie probably tries to explain oh he's been driven crazy by the fucking photons or whatever but i just don't get it i don't get why he's like a criminal that didn't want to be a criminal and now he's a superhero criminal and he could just yeah. get what he needs like dr freeze and like get his wife back or whatever just get his family back and move on but he's just like, oh, I want to I want to go live in the sewer and get mad at Spider-Man. And, I just don't get it. And that's the thing that, like, superhero comics have always done wrong about villains. Because, like, their whole thing is, like, if you're a bad person, you're, like, zero to 100 bad person. Yes. Yeah. You are a murderer. You have no morals. There's no gray. It's binary. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're either, yeah. Light or dark. A murderer or you're, like, you know, a good guy. But you got to have, like, the Magneto principle. you got to have a reason where you could, for only a second when reading a character like that monologue, kind of get it. Mm -hmm. When you see Magneto rant about the Holocaust and the the, the crimes humanity has reaped upon its own people, especially people that are fucking different uh, and are threatened, and, and compare it to the mutant crisis, you could totally follow the thread there. Even, like, with the characters in this movie I just mentioned. But, like, this character's like, Sandman? And, and he acts to me like a Bond villain does, where he's like, I'm going to blow the Earth up with a laser because I built the laser. I'm like, I don't care. That doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you just 
just get yeah. have an objective and go after it. Like I don't understand why you're just gonna be like I'm gonna roam the sewers as a sand person and just punch all the cops I see. I'm just all right, I'm just mm-hmm. confusing. Um, and they don't they don't even try to attempt to be like oh he can't keep his consciousness together through all the sand <laughs> like they don't even give you that yeah. like desperate attempt to like explain it it's just thomas hayden church being a real fucking turbo prick for like yeah randomly and then the it, movie. well and then it's really weird because like at the end you're supposed to be like oh yeah i get it man you were just trying to help your daughter it's like why did you like like the whole plot makes no sense it's like how did you guys not have a getaway car already you don't like try to get one while the crime is being committed like yeah. you guys are terrible criminals but yeah. two it's like you shot a man like he's dead i i like i get it but you're a criminal you broke the law and you murdered somebody and now you're just like well i'm gonna disappear to probably go commit more crimes and it's just such a weird story like you're supposed to be like yeah he deserves to be let go it's like no he doesn't he no. he should be in jail he should be in prison he, he murdered, murdered someone. a guy maybe we'll call it manslaughter i don't know but he murdered a guy then he returned and mm-hmm. attacked the police repeatedly Rob shit, then became a kaiju monster. <laughs> that yeah, and like the amount of the people he probably city. killed in this movie is like seven or eight. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, but it's cool. And then he fades because away. his daughter's sick. It's weird. I I think you're right in that the sand sort of flying away seems like uh, seems to apply more to Peter, right? Than yeah, Sandman. but it's just such a weird. And then like I don't know because they do that like he has like a goodbye with him, and then there's like a goodbye with Harry, and it's just like. This is a lot of goodbyes that are, like, overly emotional and, like, I don't give a shit about the Sandman at all. He's been in, like, 28 minutes of this movie. And I don't remember because this movie was stupid and I watched it too long ago. Did did Harry die? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he dies. Yeah. Harry gets stabbed in the lungs, but then is able... It, it, this is, like, classic movie. Like, he gets stabbed straight through the chest. So both of his lungs are probably collapsed. But, like, Peter shows up, and he's like, hey, buddy. It's like, no, this is not... You would die very quickly, one. Yeah. But you would also be in excruciating pain. You wouldn't just be laying there having a casual conversation and then oh, boy, peacefully sucks. pass away. Yeah, it's so... And that, like, that pie was delicious. Yeah, like, if he had been like, <laughs> so good. And then just died, I would have appreciated it more. But it is very weird. And then the end of the film, there's not, like, a great wrap-up. No. Like, it doesn't seem like him and Mary Jane are, like really back together or okay yeah and i didn't need them to be okay like i mean i guess he shows up at the bar at the end and it's like a thing yeah but i don't know it, it's very just sort of like well and like spider-man 2 kind of ended the same way of like where it's like you thought it was okay because mary jane left you know her fiance and like came to him but then like when he swings away at the end she definitely was like has that graduate moment of just like yeah. oh shit what did i do it's a dour moment yeah it's a yeah. low moment so um with, with that uh wrapped up since we've, we've definitely definitely filled our slot yelling Here, about here's movie. just wait here's just okay. a fun this is a fun little cameo the guy who plays flash thompson in the first spider-man is at uh harry's funeral at the end yes still wearing that. the stupid yeah, arm brace I, thing. chris called it like out. the leather yeah i saw him in the background i wrote it in my notes i was like hey they brought back flash I don't know why I was excited for that, but I guess at that point in the movie, I was just happy something was going on that I enjoyed. So I only have one question, and that's if, if Sam Raimi if Sam Raimi had tried a little bit with this movie, right, and it wasn't why? as big of a weird critical like mess that it was, what do you think Spider-Man 4 would have been like with Sam Raimi? But see, I, I will say, I read a bunch of uh, trivia, 
And other than him saying that he really didn't want to cast, uh, he didn't want to put Venom in the movie, but then he came to like like Venom, he seems to have liked the movie and thought it was well done and it was what he wanted. Yeah. So I don't know if that I don't know if I like I don't just think he heard that to do somewhere. Sandman either actually, I think he he wanted to just do. Um, he wanted to do the Green, Green Goblin, Goblin too, and he wanted to do Sandman, but he had no interest. And so when they were like, "You have to put Venom in." Mm-hmm. He was like, fine, I'm going to work him into this already existing story, which I think is the problem, because there's just yeah. too many villains. Nothing, so, the pieces don't I, fit. I mean, I guess if they made a four, who would you do? Like Mysterio? I was well, going to say Mysterio. Actually, uh, he was going to do Vulture. I was going to say Vulture. Was he? Still no Stilt Man, which is There bullshit. was a lot of talk about John Malkovich as the Vulture oh, fuck for the yes. fourth Sam Raimi. So my question is, who would you cast as Mysterio? Because I think we just got a casting of Mysterio yeah. recently for the, one of the new yep, current uh, movies. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, which may have still been the casting, because I'm thinking, trying to think of early 2000s people who were around. and he was Well, he, you had to get somebody a little older. Yeah, he oh, would have been true. way too young at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Um, <laughs> who was, like, another out-of-work like, TV actor? <laughs> I, I mean, I just see him as, like, I could see who like, else is on that '70s like show? A, a Patrick yeah, Swayze, maybe like I, Patrick Swayze. I think had passed away by then. No, no, this this early in 2000. No, 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 no. definitely not. I mean, let's find out. <laughs> this is our Patrick Swayze. He guy. passed away in 2009. Oh, that's earlier than I thought. All right. Yeah. So when was? So, uh, two years after was... this movie came out. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair then. Um, shit, I would have loved to see a Sam Raimi Mysterio. Cause yeah. Fuck... Uh, what about, like, Carrie Yules, the guy from Princess Bride? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be perfect, yeah. actually. Okay. okay, that'd be really good. <laughs> uh, Mysterio's is my favorite character because it doesn't make any fucking sense at- ever. No. That, like, a guy who's like, oh, I do special effects, you know, lights and mirrors. I'm like, lights and mirrors? What year is this? Yeah. <laughs> Well, what's insane is, like, he's like, I do special effects, which is not magic. Special effects are entirely right. different. Mm-hmm. But then is able to create, like, the most absurd illusions to the point where you're just like, you would make way more money if you were just a Like, magician. people, people. Like, you would be, like, like David Copperfield rich. Yeah. People like, think, like, the Statue of Liberty came to life and, like, attacked something. And they're like, oh, no, it was just an illusion. Like, how? How was it an illusion? Right. <laughs> exactly. This guy does not need to commit crime. He is the most famous magician in the world and possibly I really so magic. I'm not 100% that. sure. I can't wait to see the interpretation that's going to be the new movie. If but... they do not give him a fishbowl head, I'm out. Especially in modern world where we're talking about the yeah. Spider-Man movies, which are all CGI. Like, mm-hmm. you, can't, <laughs> you can't do live CGI, my friend. So what is left? Are you doing creature like practical fucking maybe that's gonna be a story like, I don't no, he's, understand. he's like he's or maybe he's, he's out you. because CGI. he was a practical special that's effects guy and then cgi destroyed his, his career so it's just it's stan winston committing <laughs> crimes <laughs> by making people look like zombies yes 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 oh we just wrote the perfect movie mm-hmm. well i don't i, don't I guarantee you they'll do it'll be some sort of like mind control thing like either a yeah, drug or some be. sort of like device that makes you see things like hallucinate if uh, he puts a vr helmet on you and yeah, <laughs> his crimes require a lot of setup. He has to put you on an omnidirectional treadmill. You got to put on some gloves. They're haptics. Hold on, uh, hold on. It's got a bug. Let me reboot. It. Let me reboot it. Um, all oh, right. These things get so hot. With that, we have 
perhaps one of our, our, our longest and best episodes on... This is not even close to one of our longest. No, we used to no, go like two hours when we started. Been, yeah, <laughs> pretty hard. I'm pretty um, sure Spider-Man 2, our podcast, was longer than the movie. 100%. I mean, a long movie. 100%. Uh, with that said, I think we'll we'll put a button on it. Uh, the only other note I note I, uh, note that I had in here was I noted that the re- the, the reporter uh, in the final scene is just mysteriously British, and I don't know why. Uh, yes, which <laughs> I, I, I wondered that too. Reporter. I was like, she yeah. has to actually yeah. work, like in they do that a lot. New York as a news, yeah, yeah. Because well, like, I'm like, otherwise the guy it, who's like the the like the in studio yeah. newscaster, he's an actual like newscaster. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, so I think the woman was too, but her whole thing was just, I don't know, everything she did was, like, ridiculous too. They were all just, I don't know, so absurd. Oh, man. Um. Well, Chris, thank you again mm-hmm. for making time for another Spider-Man episode. What do we have next now? I mean, down the line, we're going to be doing... Uh, the the whatchamacallit reboots uh with uh what is homecoming we already did yeah. no not homecoming the, oh the, you uh, mean the ones with amazing yeah the ones Spider-Man. i the amazing Spider-Man. the ones i block out <laughs> yeah oh boy i i kind of like the first one yeah i, and mean, I like things about the second we one, all know I, we the all second know one is a bad movie a, yeah we all know what happens yeah 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 <laughs> which also, i'm glad there's this many spider-man movies because i like having you on i was disappointed yeah. we couldn't get you the time we did the japanese spider-man tv show yeah it was a mm-hmm. miss and apparently, I would learn later, we really fucked up by not bringing you on for a Rocketeer episode. Oh, man. I'm such a big Rocketeer. What? You went into the Rocketeer? <laughs> like, not the original comic, but I love the movie. And then, like, in the, like, mid-2000s, they, like, did this, like, whole long anthology series for the Rocketeer where they're, like, oh, wow. like each issue had, like, four or five different artists doing, like, a two- or three-page story about the Rocketeer. This is already way more backstory or background you know info on the rocketeer than we definitely had at all during the rocketeer episode yeah uh, chris you gotta you gotta start letting us know when <laughs> you want to do because i would have loved to have had you Just on make your third co-host at this point um <laughs> all right well with that said uh uh pokes any any uh any any art or other well no i was gonna say just real quick would you guys recommend the movie oh right i almost skipped past that shit i don't know like yes the goth dancing jazz shit is funny and yes the weird moments where james franco seems to love pie too much those are funny but there's so much like just dense thick plot in a surprisingly long movie that i I don't know if i'd have a lot of fun watching it again uh sorry go ahead chris i was gonna say i mean you just got to do like our group's standard drinking game which is every time you question something drink um, you can make up some more specific rules, obviously. There's, this there's one would be tough, ones. because we have two house rules with all of our movies, which is that, A, if you question the logic of the movie, you drink, as you said, and mm-hmm. B, uh, if the special effects ever disappoint you, <laughs> yeah. you drink, you would be... So this movie would kill <laughs> this most of your friends due to alcohol poisoning? <laughs> yes, this movie has a yeah. lot of that. Uh, I would say if you can watch it with like a group of people... yeah. I, I think it would be enjoyable because I, I watched it with my brother and I had a lot of fun because I actually own this movie on DVD for some reason. Yeah. And uh, I had like a lot of fun watching it and we were laughing about it and making jokes. And I was like, you know, this I, I would recommend seeing it with a group of people. If you're just going to watch it by yourself, no, because it's it's way too long. It's yeah, so it's, long. It's and there's so much backstory oh, about yeah. uh, on and off Broadway plays. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as artwork or anything, um, just you can go to my Instagram. It's Pogues. Uh, one day I'll update it again, I'm sure. But uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, and Chris, anything from you? 
that you want to um, tell people to go or tell them all to fuck off? I uh, mean, this is your time. I'm not Sam Raimi, so I'm not going <laughs> to tell him to fuck off. Uh, specifically, Spider Man. But yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I got an Instagram. It's uh, I'm checking it. Yeah, it's Chris underscore Doom on the Instagrams. Yep. Uh, I, I I post things every now and then. I'm, there's yeah. a couple memes every every so often. If, if you want to follow, uh, once again, a fucking all-star podcast guest, uh, uh, I've done the numbers, too. You're up there. Yeah. You, you, are, you, are, you and Mike are neck and neck uh, <laughs> on episode participation. So, um, and, and, of course, for me, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the Disco Pony or um, my surprisingly popular joke, pod, uh, joke Twitter account, uh, uh, The Strange Club. Uh, with that, I think we'll close it out. Uh, anything, anything, any last notes from you folks? No, I think that's it. What more can you say about Spider-Man 3? It's a good pie.